Welcome to Strange Shenanigans. Your host today, the queen of all things strange, I'm Ashley. Today, I'm joined by Stan. We are recording today at the Our Heroes Military Museum Studios. Today, we will be discussing legends and ghosts, both new and old. Of all the things Stan is a pessimist of, he finds ghost stories to be more believable of the unexplained. But don't worry, he'll still manage to be as negative as possible. That I will. Today I'm going to talk about a ghost from Gettysburg. She's one of my favorites. How many female ghosts do you know of Gettysburg? Of Gettysburg? I, I did uh, the uh, Gettysburg ghost tour when I was a teenager with my grandparents. And uh, th there were a couple different stories. I don't know how many of them were actually, you know... Stories that are normally told about Gettysburg or just tourist type things, you know. That's right. Well, th this gal's probably more touristy, but her story is one of my favorites. So, this is about Mary Virginia Wade, and she was born in Gettysburg, and that's where she spent her whole life. I'm a born and raised Mainer, so I'm not sure what that makes Mary uh, a born and raised Getty Gettysburg, Pen Pennsylvania, or. Yeah. <laughs> Mary was 20 when the Union were preparing for their next battles, and they were preparing for what we know as Gettysburg. Mary lived with her mother, brothers, and sisters, but during this time, some of her brothers were off to war, and one of her sisters had just recently gotten married and was about to have a baby. Mary's mother knew a battle was coming, and she deemed them unsafe in their own home of Gettysburg. So they went to stay at Sister Georgia's home. Mary was a wonderful supporter of the Union, known in the area for baking for the soldiers and supplying water. Already during the Battle of Gettysburg, Mary had cooked for the Union troops and provided comfort to them. This July day was no different. Mary was in her sister's kitchen preparing dough for the Union soldiers when a bullet went right through her heart, killing her instantly. It went straight through the kitchen window while she was at the sink. Ugh. Yeah. Nasty. Her sister screamed so loud that even during the battles, the soldiers heard and ran into the house. They saw what happened to young Mary and helped the family get outside to safety. By the end of this battle, George's home had been hit 150 times. Holy crap that's yeah. a lot yeah and mary and her mom left their home because the battle at the time was right outside so that was too dangerous yeah and that's what happened mary's mother actually finished the bread that she was working on for the soldiers and it had made 15 loaves of bread and all of it was given to the union soldiers mary is considered the only civilian casualty of the battle of gettysburg also, Georgia's son, Louis, is thought to be the only baby born during the Gettysburg Battle. And some tales consider him a veteran because there are stories about him being captured by Confederate soldiers, though a lot of those stories are unfounded. There's like some that say he was captured and some that don't mention it at all. So yeah. I don't know if that's some myth to get people to go on the walking tour Probably. or what, but Georgia's son lived a full <laughs> Like, he didn't die early, he didn't die as a baby during Gettysburg, so captured yeah. or not, he was fine. Uh, Mary was buried three times before she was finally laid to rest at the Evergreen Cemetery. 
She actually has a flag that always flies above her grave that's lighted. The only other woman who has a flag always flown above her grave is Betsy Ross. Oh, wow. Mary had quite the unrest, though. First, her body was moved three times before it had a resting place. Second, Mary was engaged to a childhood love. And third, her father was in an insane asylum. And our family was in struggle with family members on the Union and Confederate sides, along with her dad being totally gone and in a loony bin. Mary was engaged to a Union corporal who was severely injured two weeks before she was killed. She never got the letter saying that he was injured. After she died, her fiancé had actually died of his injuries before he even found out that his love had been killed by the stray bullet. Mary's father was always running into trouble with the law, leaving her mother and all the children to work hard and fend for themselves. His issues with the law were so bad that he was admitted into a mental institution over his behavior. Mary is more commonly known as Ginny Wade. So you probably actually heard about her. Probably, yeah. On the walk. Because her home is now a preserved museum down to the bullet hole that killed her and the blood on the floor. The kitchen, which is no longer in use, they claim still smells like bread. Which could be related to Mary or just a trick on the museum part. But or, men- or, or it's the fact that every other building in Gettysburg is selling some sort of cooked food. <laughs> Maybe. I, to do with I think too. it's a trick <laughs> on the museum's part. Maybe. I think it makes for a good story. <laughs> but a lot of shows and books have seen Mary wandering around the house and then even images that look just like her roaming outside her home. Whether we can actually confirm that Mary is roaming around Gettysburg or it's another long-dressed gal, it definitely stands to say that if anyone in Gettysburg is still around, it's valid to see that it is Mary Wade. How can she rest with so much unfinished business and her home is still standing as it was, always a reminder for her of what happened? While it's nice to honor her memory, she also has turned into an entertainment for ghost tours, TV specials, books, and more. So if we see Mary in her home still trying to wrap her head around what happened to her, I think it's best we leave her alone instead of trying to capture her on camera and use some fancy gizmo to hear her talking. She's been through enough, and it seems like she's still suffering now. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that when you're going through Gettysburg. Even when you're not on one of the, the nightly ghost tours or stuff, there's these stories, and it seems like some people forget that, you know, these were human beings in like terrible circumstances just yeah. going through like the worst moments of their lives yeah her family had a rough life before Gettysburg actually happened before the Civil War yeah then you had war to it a new baby being born while you're all being shot at yeah and then she dies cooking bread in the kitchen and the love of her life dies shortly after neither one of them ever knowing something bad happened to each other yeah screwed up see i do think i did hear that that story on the uh the gettysburg ghost tour but i'm pretty sure uh they changed they changed the storyline a bit that the because from i remember the one woman being shot but they claimed that she was in a uh in her the basement seeking refuge and they couldn't no one could ever figure out which direction the bullet came from because they were underground 
which seemed like horse shit to begin with. <laughs> I read that story. I read that exact story you're talking about. So there's another version of the story saying that the Union soldiers <clears throat> put, put them in the basement to save them mm-hmm. so they wouldn't get shot at. But I only saw that a couple times. More stories talked about her being shot in the kitchen than any. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to Ancestry.com where I learned that Mary's real name was Mary, not Jenny or Jenny. It's pronounced both ways. So those were her nicknames, but she was named Mary. And so Ancestry.com was like, she's probably still roaming around because she's pissed that you keep getting her name wrong (laughs) (laughs) because our house is named jenny her tour is named jenny and she's probably more angry she's still around that you're still calling her by the wrong name and saying that she died in a dirty basement yeah she it seems like all accounts that she died making bread and the bullet holes are still there yeah but the other issue is 150 bullet holes are in that house yeah so there is the off chance that she really was in the basement. Yeah. And I guess it could have hit her from there, but it seems unlikely if all of them were in the basement, just her got shot. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've heard all sorts of cool stories about Gettysburg and stuff, but my favorite one was actually on this ghost tour. And it, 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 uh, it so there's this, this field, you know, there's all the fields around Gettysburg where, you know, people claim to see ghosts and things like that. And, uh, well, there was this one particular ghost that a lot of people had seen. And he was this Confederate soldier who was missing an arm. And with his other arm, he was holding a lantern looking for his arm. And it had, people had seen this, this ghost so many times that everybody knew that what, what days, you know, to go and look for this ghost. So one day, this guy's driving home. And he's seen this ghost before driving home, and it scared him. So he kept on it going. Well, the second time, he's like, well, screw this. He <laughs> sees this ghost out there wandering around looking for his arm. So he's like, nobody's had the ball so far to go up and do, <laughs> take a picture or do anything. So he starts walking right up to this ghost in the pitch black on a battlefield in Gettysburg. I believe it was the like the late 70s or 80s when this happened. And he's walking up to this ghost. And then uh, the ghost, like, turns, looks at him, turns away, and starts sprinting away from him. And he's like, what the shit? So he's like, he starts chasing after it. He's like, what are you doing running away from me? And then he notices the ghost is laughing. Finally, (laughs) he catches up to the ghost, tackles the ghost, quote unquote, and uh, it's a college kid. It's a fraternity (laughs) hazing where they're... Every so often, one of them has to go out there in the Confederate uniform, tuck their arm in their sleeve, <laughs> cover it in ketchup, and carry a lantern around. And they've been doing it since right after the Civil War in this fraternity. Oh God, it's been that. going on for years. <laughs> and they, no one had ever gone up to it, taken a picture of it, done anything. They just got so scared, they kept going. And this one guy tackles this quote-unquote ghost, and it turns out to be some dumb college kid who's just in a long line of other dumb college kids pulling a prank. That would be the only way you could get me to join a frat or sorority. Oh, right, yeah. You'd be like, okay, if you want to pledge, you have to <laughs> trick people and then you're a ghost from the Civil War. And they'd be like, okay, that's the only way you're right, getting me here. Sounds legit Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And is there an option to keep doing this if we don't have any pledges? Like, can I be, like, the honorary can person I be the to honorary take their place? Yeah, that's good <laughs> yeah. And how long after we graduate are we not allowed to do this anymore? Because... <laughs> is this an alumni thing? I'd be, like, on board <laughs> forever. 
be on board so long that at 90 years old, I'd still be pledging. <laughs> <laughs> So to continue on with the ghost stories, we're going to talk about Dudley Town, which is supposedly one of the most haunted and cursed towns in all of American history. It's called Dudley. It's called Dudley. It's Dudley no, it's Dudley Town. All I can yes. think of is Harry Potter. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so Dudley Town is not named actually after the original owner of Dudley Town, but the second owner of Dudley Town. The original man to own Dudley Town never actually lived on the property. It was just deeded land to him. Huh. And the Dudleys moved there after uh, they uh, were forced to flee from England after their father was beheaded for uh, conspiracy against the crown. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, but that That's actually nuts. checks out, right? So, But uh, there's lots of stories about Dudley Town and about one-fourth of them have any legitimacy. The rest of them uh, are kind of disproven, you know. There's lots of stories, oh, this person vanished, never to be seen again. It's like, well, yeah, to the people of the time, yeah, they vanished, never to be seen again, but in reality, you can find these people vanished in other town records oh. as living long, full lives, you know, with their husband that they ran away with or something <laughs> like that, you know. There's lots of that. And then there's also many stories where, oh, this person went senile and lost their mind because they lived there. Most of those people who went senile and lost their mind were elderly and were in the between the 17 and 1800s where they were going to go senile and lose their mind anyways. Yeah, that, that kind of checks out. Yeah, but there is a long history of just bad things happening in Dudley Town. And Dudley Town is said to be cursed because the Dudley family was cursed by... I the 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 uh the royals of England essentially that that Dudley's family was cursed to never have a restful day in their life essentially and to never have any peace which does seem to check out quite a bit though cuz uh <clears throat> not long after anybody moved there just one bad occurrence after another and most of these people were related or descendants or married into the Dudley family and then afterwards it just seemed to continue in those places that the Dudleys built. Okay. Now I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Did they ever carry pigs up the mountain? They ever carried pigs up the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Well, cuz if they ever finished carrying the pig up the mountain, maybe the cars would be broken. No, it's not holes. <laughs> There's no yellow spotted lizards. So uh yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Dudley Town, uh, one of the first instances, uh, 1792, seven years before Abel Dudley passed away, his good friend and neighbor Gershon Hollister was killed while building a barn at the home of one of the residents. Abigail's, or Abel's close neighbor, Tanner, was also said to have gone insane, but that's one of the ones where he was very very old when he supposedly like went insane. Old crazy farmer. So there's there a lot of the insanity stories also have this thing attached to it where the people who've been said to go insane in Dudley Town have seen these large ominous shadowy creatures in the tree lines 
of the properties that surround the town. Yuck. Yeah. And uh, that that was the first instance of it was uh, was the Tanner guy there. And then uh, next one we've got, there was uh, the uh, Nathaniel Carter family moved to Dudley Town in 1759, lived in a house once owned by Abel Dudley before he was made a ward of the town. A mysterious plague swept through Dudley Town in Cornwall and took the lives of most of the Carter family. Uh, most of them immediately left afterwards, but those that didn't were, uh, in 1763, slaughtered by Native Americans. Holy. Yep. So, uh, another uh, bizarre tragedy affected one of the most famous residents of the region, General Herman Swift, who had served in the Revolutionary War under George Washington. In 1804, his wife Sarah Fay was struck by lightning while standing on the front porch of their their home near Dudley Town. She was killed instantly, oh. and he went mad and insane near afterwards. So, uh, people started to drift away from Dudley Town yeah. fairly early because these are just the big things that, you know, went wrong in Dudley Town. There was always something wrong in Dudley Town. But, uh, after the Civil War, Dudley Town began to die and many of the villagers just packed up and moved away, which was a lot of the, uh, the stories of, oh, they vanished without a trace. Well, they were just sick of it and they just packed up and took off one day. And that was vanishing without a trace to some people. It's a superstitious time period, too. It was, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so, uh, there was a lot of other stuff that happened. Uh, some of the later, uh, things, uh, an event in 1901, at the time when population in Dudley Town had dwindled away to almost nothing, one of the last residents of the town named John Patrick Brophy, tragedy visited swiftly and in several blows. First, his wife died of consumption, which was not uncommon, but uh, it was strange that just following that, his children were said to have gone into the forest and disappeared forever. Oh, that's awful. Yep. So uh, after after the it was immediately after the funeral of his wife, and uh, the the public record said that they the the two kids were uh, were in trouble for stealing horse blankets, but. <laughs> In reality, you know, they they wouldn't, they were little kids. They would have gotten, hey, don't do that again, and gotten a slap on the wrist, right. you know, and nothing would have come of it. But with the tales of the creatures in the forest, it kind of lingered on everyone's mind. And then his, soon afterwards, his house burnt down with him inside of it. Oh. But which also leads you to believe... Did she die of consumption and did his children run away or did he do something horrible and killed himself after the fact? I guess it could go either or. Yeah. Uh, there was a, the, the, one of the last major stories of it also has uh, a portion of these dark, strange, shadowy monsters in the forest. This is a common one that people have probably heard before because it's been covered in other podcasts. That's why I saved it for last, you know. But uh, it is the freakier of it. So uh, uh, Dr. William Clark bought uh, bought a large portion of Dudley Town in 1900. And he just loved the forest and everything because it, it's super remote. And it, he was thinking of it like like his family's getaway, you know. And it, it's, it's late enough in the future 
in the of most of these terrible things happening that and he's from new york didn't know that these things happened. <laughs> okay should have started with that mm-hmm. but one <laughs> one one evening him and his wife are home and he's called away to attend to a medical emergency mm-hmm. in new york so he has to get right out of there and split and he he starts he, he goes takes care of his business and he's on his way home in the night and he's walking up you know the dense forest road up to his house and uh He's he's hearing sounds and it's just awfully creepy out and he's got this feeling that something is just like terribly wrong. And so after a while, he just started sprinting to his house. He's like, something is wrong. And once he got up to his house, he could just hear this horrifying noise being emitted from his home. And so he he uh, he busts through the door. He's like, something's in my house. He searches the whole first floor, nothing gets to the second floor where his bedroom door is and pushes it open. And there's his wife with her mouth wide open, just emitting this horrifying ah, fine noise. Yuck. So, uh, he, he didn't know what to do, but, uh, it would, she would be admitted to an insane asylum and yeah. it would, and her tale would be that these dark sh- giant shadowy creatures came for her in the house. Oh, and, uh, yeah, after that point, Dudley Town was pretty much dead. It's been owned by some other people throughout time, but uh, most of it was, uh, it's it's been abandoned, essentially, since the 1900s. And people, you know, the stories of it being cursed and it being a spooky, scary place it drew a lot of people throughout most of, you know, modern history to it, to the point where... Uh, the the organization that owns it actually had to uh, forbid tras- trespassing on the property in 1999 because there's no buildings left. It's just pit cellars and stuff like that. This is all that's left, and people are getting hurt out there. But uh, people also, you know, like to think that it was banned because they don't want any more harm to come to people from the evil spirits and all oh, this stuff. Maybe. But in reality, it's remote and it's dangerous and it's easy to get hurt out there sounds creepy it does yeah any any, i don't like it (laughs) yeah right it does sound like a super just you know unpleasant place in general and it has just this long history of bad things happening which is kind of crazy yeah it makes it really sketchy it makes it ominous it's got this whole you know the village type factor yeah that's exactly what it is it has the village factor in it yeah so nobody lives in deadly town now nobody does no people still sneak into it i do believe uh that very recently they have started opening it up limited so that people could go wander around and take pictures and do their silly i'm gonna record ghosts on my stupid electronic phenomenon bullshit (laughs) and all that crap god i hate that Poor Dudley Town. Poor Dudley Town. So today, keeping in the uh, the vein of ghosts, I figured I'd uh, I'd share a story about something that happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in this old, old house in, you know, the middle of Maine, 
It had been used as a, a schoolhouse and been used as a bunch of other things. A camp. A camp. Uh, for a long time, there was an old old hermit who just lived there between it being a schoolhouse and it being a camp for uh, uh, river rafters who would stay there overnight and stuff. But, uh, you know, my family moved in in the 90s and started renovating it and getting it ready and everything. We found all sorts of cool and weird stuff in it with it being an old schoolhouse and stuff. But uh, I always had these just like weird experiences whenever I was alone in the, in the house, which uh, like the one that stays with me today that I remember just like permanently in my brain was I got off the school bus in like it must have been sixth grade and uh my brother had baseball practice my uh my dad was at work and my mom had taken my sister out so I was the only one home and uh I got into the house and um I was going about my business making some food and just being a kid watching tv and I started hearing thumping in the bedroom downstairs that was next to our dining room and it was weird because nobody was there right and uh so i i i was i was a little timid kid but i you know i like it's like okay i'm gonna go see what it is and every step that i forced myself to get closer to that bedroom door the banging inside the room got louder oh and I got I got to the point where I was about five feet away from the door, and it sounded like something was playing the drums on the on the insides of the walls, weird, and just pounding. And I couldn't take it anymore. I uh, I bolted straight out the house, left the front door open, and ran a mile and a half <laughs> to my godmother's house. That's and that. when I got Ooh. there, she said that I was just paste white and that I she thought oh. I was going to pass out and she sat with me until my mom got home and my mom drives up and she's like what happened and I explained to her and you know oh the the first instinct is to be like oh he got scared being home alone right you know? which is funny because my mom's the sort of person who believes in all this oh stuff. yeah she all believes the in time all of it, yeah always seeing something somewhere yeah but i just always had just strange things happen like that not just when i was alone too though but you know oftentimes when i was the only one awake in the house oh yeah and uh to this day i don't like going in that one room in the house they like you i don't i don't know about that i don't <laughs> think they I think they dislike me quite a bit maybe they didn't like you fixing up the house i see i don't i What's funny about that is my dad swears to God that as he was re renovating this house and me and my brother being kids, we're always helping him. Yeah. We're always holding something. We're always passing him tools. We're always holding, you know, drywall up while he screwed it in <laughs> something every day. But every day something would go missing and it would be mine and Tom's fault when I swear to God, we, we, no, no kid fears the wrath of their dad more than when they've messed with his tools. Right? You don't touch so, dad's tools. Hold we, the flashlight right and don't screw with his tools. Exactly. So we had never moved a single friggin' thing of his, but they were just always going missing and turning up in just random places in the house, <laughs> which was super weird. Someone didn't want you fixing the house. I, I don't know. Maybe. It, it's, uh... I mean, it's been renovated, you know, for years now. 
and uh, with the with everything laid out different, it kind of seems like stuff just stopped one day, you know? Like all the weird stuff just went away. It was strange, though. I'd like to think maybe whoever was just like, well, I guess this isn't the same place anymore. Right. Maybe time to move on. Well, everybody, uh, the other people in town like to like to say that the uh, the hermit guy who had lived there for a long time until he passed away between, you know, it being a school and it being a camp for recreation people using the river for recreation. Yeah. They like to say that the hermit, it was his ghost or something, which always seemed far-fetched to me, but... I like to think it's always a hermit's ghost. It's always a hermit's ghost. Hermits are fascinating. They are. They are really fascinating. Maybe he was like, well, you've redid this house. It's, it's also a main, It's a main staple, too, to have right, a hermit. Right, to have a hermit. But yeah. well, maybe he was like, hey, you renovated it. I keep trying to scare you away. It's not working. Maybe he's over just on the river now. Right. Tormenting yep. other, yep. other people kayaking in <laughs> yes. other boats. Yep. Strange rocks just yep. come towards someone's head out of nowhere. Hopefully he's moved on and he's tormenting somebody yeah. else. You know, you know my uh, my my favorite experience with the with the paranormal type stuff uh, after you know after I'd grown up was when we uh, moved to Fort Irwin, and uh, <laughs> there's all these all these uh, soldiers would open up their closet doors and find uh, in the stucco and in the uh, the mud for the drywall crosses put into them in the closets. And, uh, you know, nobody really knew the reason except for all the, uh, the younger Hispanic guys. They're like, yeah, they do that when they think, you know, that they put these buildings on top of like a burial ground or something like that. That makes sense. Absolutely. For Irwin. Yeah. It's in the Mojave Desert. It is. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's a safe assumption that something somewhere, some building in the Mojave is on a burial ground. Oh, That's there, no just doubt. Goes without. Well, yeah, even you're driving up to the base, and you're driving by caves that have paint have had you know paintings in them for the past five hundred, six hundred, right. seven hundred years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the government's kind of known for bending the rules for themselves. Yes, very. But if true. I went to like build a house in the Mojave, it'd be the whole shebang, right? We'd have to see if it's a burial ground, and the researchers would come. It'd be a whole thing. But if it's the U.S. government. Yeah, maybe yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah, nothing's nah, we're there. Good. We're no, fine. It wasn't there. Just dump it over here and pretend like we yeah. never picked it up. Yeah. That that would not surprise me at all. But I have to say, I don't recall anything weird at least happening in our little place. Yeah. But I can't speak for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Or all of you guys sleeping out <laughs> outside yeah. in the desert. You know, it, 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 would, it would occasionally get a little spooky out there. And it always seemed to be like the weirdest out there when you were close to a water source. Because they're so random and few and far yeah. between out there that that's where where you know you you you'd start to get the heebie-jeebie sometimes when you were by yourself. It just because I think it's because the 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 literally thousands of years of other people using that as a place to rest. Yeah, you kind of you kind of have a sense that you're somewhere you probably shouldn't be, and there's not much you can really do about it. Yeah. You can't go run off on the job. No. <laughs> Okay, I think that's all we got for you tonight, folks. You can find us on uh, Twitter at The Strange Show. If uh, you're listening, leave us a comment and let us know your favorite segment or what you'd like to hear about in the future in our 
next coming up episodes. We'll see if we can research it for you. And if you find us on Patreon, just sign up for one of those tiers. And if you sign up and tell us what you want, we actually have to do it because you're supporting us. So yeah, give us that 20 bucks and we'll pretty much research whatever you tell us to do. <laughs> right? The weirder, the better. <laughs> okay, everybody have a good night, folks. Good night. Stay strange. Thank you.